Welcome to The Open Door with Kelly and Kelly. Brought to you by Legendary Living Arts and Waking Way Productions. Join us each week for guest interviews and discussions on a variety of topics. We invite you to connect. Welcome to another episode of The Open Door. I'm Kelly. And I am Kelly. And this week our topic is on self-responsibility. Ooh, good topic. <laughs> good one. We thought this would be a good one after the last one we did on spiritual, spiritual bypassing. Yeah, spiritual yeah. bypassing because that was something that we spoke about. And I happened to find an article, so I'm going to read a couple of things yep. and then we'll get into it. That it, it came with a like a definition mm. and this was um, a guy who wrote a book. <laughs> this Where I found it, it was on reddeeradvocate.com. And they describe self-responsibility is the key to personal freedom. Quite simply, self-responsibility means taking responsibility for aspects of your life that are within your control. You are responsible for the choices in your life, the direction you choose to travel, and the way you think and feel. And I believe his name is Murray Fuhrer. And he's a self-esteem expert and facilitator. And he wrote this article and then a book on extreme esteem. And he wrote the article because he was taking a workshop, he said, Mm -hmm. on self-responsibility. And he thought at the time that he was responsible. And I think most of us think that we're responsible, right? We have jobs, we have families, we have partners, we have businesses or what have you that we feel you know, responsible to. We have all these to. responsibilities, obligations, obligations. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, out in the external world, and people rarely actually look inside and give themselves, I mean, that's broad generalization, but people who are caught up in these external obligations believe that they are being responsible and responsible for themselves and a responsible human being except they have no awareness of their emotional programming, their emotional conditioning, and the origins of their behaviors, or that some of their behaviors might even be upsetting to others or be very, you know, fear-based and irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it, that's a, it's a, this is a tough one. This is a tough one for a lot of people. Yeah. And I want to share a little bit about what he was saying here, because I know for me, this is sort of where I was at when I, I remember, I remember quite a few years ago, probably like 20 years ago, and trying to understand the difference between responsibilities that were outside of myself and the self-responsibility that, that I had, that I was responsible for creating the kind of life that I wanted. Right, right. When you feel like you sort of have no control. Right, because there's a lot of things outside of yourself that you don't have any control over, and so you feel like you have no control. So then, how can you make your life better? Blah blah blah. Like, and, and people right? often often go in the direction of controlling themselves and controlling other people as a measure of how responsible they are or what responsibility is, which is a not so good way of going about it. Yeah, because controlling yourself tends to lead to suppression. Controlling others is the same thing. It gives you a sense of power, but that power is based in suppression, denial, and avoidance, and a form of bypassing and disassociation. Right. And there is a lot of things that are beyond our control. Yeah. I mean, you can look around in the world right now, and there's a lot of decisions that are being made (laughs) that we don't have control over. But what do I have control over in those situations? I have control over how I think. I have control over how I'm going to act. I have control over how I'm going to treat other people. You know, I don't have to be... You know, you can be angry. You can have anger come up about certain situations, but I do not have the right to take that out on other people. That's me. I need to be responsible for that emotion, right? And, and, like, that's and a, a lot of a lot of people do not understand how to be responsible with their emotions. They believe that being angry at someone else is being empowered. That coming from a place of anger and judgment is actually empowerment when it's not. It's okay to feel anger, mm-hmm. and it's okay to to even feel judgment. But to let that be the motivation for expressing yourself is a fear-based expression and is one that is not heart-based. It's okay to feel anger. It's okay to feel everything and anything you need to. But in terms of understanding the motivation for saying something, it comes down to understanding the why. And the Mm. why is all about responsibility. 
if you have no discipline with your thoughts, then you cannot be responsible. Even if you believe you are a good person, yet have no control over your behavior, have no discipline over your thoughts, you are still lacking a major step in self-awareness and self-responsibility. Yeah. And I think when traumatic things happen to us or we feel pressured to do things or we do things for other people, we feel that lack of control and it's so much easier to blame people. Yep. And that's yep. where you get caught up in like that blame game. Exactly. Where it's like, this is your fault. You are hurting my feelings. You are making me angry. And that might be true. Someone has triggered you to feel angry or they've done something that makes you angry. But ultimately, you're responsible for what you're going to do with how you feel. Exactly. And the choices that you make, the reaction that you have or don't have, maybe, because yep. sometimes people don't react at all. So I think there's that's where you're... That's where your self-responsibility really comes in. I think that's where people, it's so much easier to blame someone else because there are things that are out of our control. People can do things to us that we don't want them to. You know, in, in the case of one of the podcasts when we talked about myself being sexually assaulted, that I, you know, hadn't brought that on myself, but it was something that I experienced and then it became my self-responsibility or my responsibility to heal from it yep. I could continue to let it run my life mm -hmm. or affect me and my relationships or I could take charge of my life and how did I feel about it how did I feel about what happened what did I want to do about it after the fact what did I exactly you know exactly. and it and it takes practice that's, that's one of the things if, if I can read from yep. this article yep. for a second it says that Self-responsibility is acknowledging that we, through our thoughts, feelings, and behavior, are responsible for our life experience. If we're ever to develop a healthy level of self-esteem and enjoy the life we desire and deserve, we must take responsibility for our choices, our behavior, and our happiness. Self-responsibility requires work, awareness, and persistence. Many people find it easier to close their eyes and stumble blindly through life. This form of avoidance can take the form of blaming others, which we just talked about, yep. for our problems, ignoring or downplaying serious issues, or waiting for someone to rescue us or something to happen that will make everything okay. I think that's a big thing, that rescue thing. We have that in our society, I think. I know romance novels, you know, I say that as a romance author, where it used to be, it's not as prevalent anymore, but where you're waiting for that white knight to come and rescue you, the whole Cinderella story. It's the Good Samaritan complex. Hmm, okay. Needing to rescue others to demonstrate how good a person you are is an endemic issue of belief in this world. And if you are rescuing someone, I mean, a lot of people do this out of uh, wanting to genuinely help and to be absolutely authentic. Mm -hmm. And however, there is an issue. You know, we we have the whole Cinderella complex, where the story of Cinderella, where this white knight, this prince charming, is going to save us, right. right? Yeah. And it's oh, you know, and it works both ways, where we have. Uh, the complex or the condition where we believe someone is going to save us or magically going to win the lottery and we're going to be saved. So we just go through life waiting for somebody or some external event to save us. And right. that is not an emotionally responsible space to live in. It just isn't because you're expecting the outside world to do all the work for you. And that is, yeah. that is, that's what it boils down to. Right. And you're waiting for someone to come and sweep you off your feet or, you know, find that perfect relationship where, you know, that'd be blissful and heavenly and blah, blah, blah. And like, no, that's not how, you know, yeah, you can have those, you can find those, but there's always that level of responsibility, whether or not there is truth to that space of blissful joy that you are experiencing. Because if you're actually interested even remotely in your personal development of your personal awareness and the health of your heart and your mind and your body you have to understand that no one is going to save you that your salvation is entirely up to your choices your actions and your decisions 
and how you want to actively participate in your journey. Right. And it's, well, it's any aspect of your life, correct? Yeah. If, like, if I wanted to lose weight, I'm the only one that can do that. Exactly. Right? No one else could do it for me. I mean, I, I can hire a personal trainer. Right. <laughs> I could hire you. But, but you got to put in the effort. But you I gotta, still have to put, put in, in the, the effort. Yep. And I still have to put it in. And, and you have to believe that you're worth the effort. And it is difficult. I know when my children were little and I felt like I had so much responsibility. And also going through a divorce when I did that you just feel like you have so much responsibility that what else you know i don't really think that i wanted anyone to rescue me from that but i know that i had a lot of programming where i felt in particular one thing is that i always wondered well when are things going to get better and it's putting in the effort every day and knowing that you're putting in that effort and you are helping to heal yourself and you're taking those steps even if you don't exactly see the path that you're going or when you're going to get there. For example, I knew that once my kids got to a certain point and I had always thought that it would be high school, that they all graduated from high school, that I would be able to move because I thought that I would stay there. And then it turned out that there were just circumstances that said, oh, now it's time. The universe was like giving me a kick in the butt (laughs) to go, hey, guess what? Now it's time. It's time to go. And I was like, what? And so, but I still have to work on that. And you know that with me is that program is so strong in me of when are things going to get better that I have to sit down with myself and you asked the other day when it was my physical recovery though in particular to write down all the progress I've made over four months because you can get tired like I know I can get tired physically recovering from surgery and I forget what I was like four months ago and then the improvement I made after one month and then two months because you just want to feel better and you don't want to feel tired yep. and you don't want to feel sore anymore. And it can weigh you down sometimes. And, you know, it was a great a great suggestion that you gave to me to sit down and journal. And he was very gentle about saying it. <laughs> but to sit down and journal all the progress that I've made. And I thought, wow, okay, yeah, I have. And maybe right now in particular I need a little bit more rest because things have been busy and maybe I should do that and not beat myself up because I'm tired mm-hmm. it's just the way it is it's just the way it is just the way it is and and that's sort of like you know when when we're tired and we, we're dealing with fatigue especially you know uh, with everything going on right now with, with COVID and the mental and emotional fatigue of just dealing with the crazy world right now never mind actually going through you know the surgery that you have yeah. and you know, dealing with the kids, just basic everyday life on top of it and recovering from surgery. Yeah. Right? That's And a I lot. think a lot of people are feeling that. Oh, what, exactly. What people have said yep. to me in private messages and things is like the whole COVID fatigue. People yep. are tired of hearing about it. They're tired of the restrictions. They're tired of talking about it. We all just want to carry on. And I yep. think, you know, I always have to, for me personally, in this particular situation, I shut off social media for days at a time. Yep. Because I, I don't want to connect with people that way. Mm-hmm. I Then I choose to text my friends or I'll call them or I just do something with you, something that just, or even just connects me to myself to be responsible for me. And it isn't to say that I don't know what's going on in the world and I don't, I'm not trying to be ignorant about what's going on outside of me, but I have to take care of me and be responsible for my thoughts my yep. feelings and my actions yep. because there's so much in the outside world that wants to pull your attention that way. That's right. And get you get you into the, the, the judgment, the anger, the fear, the blame game. Yeah. And that is the classic conquer and divide tactics of the outside world and our shadows and egos. And this is why being responsible and mastering our thoughts is so important. Having discipline is super super essential and the single most important thing is to have discipline with our thoughts our thought process and awareness with our thought process and so that we can look back and let ourselves feel the actual origins of those thoughts so that when we express and when we act we are not acting out of fear or anger or judgment or separation from our heart space so that we can actually transmute those negative and dense emotional spaces and feelings mm-hmm. into an aligned state of understanding and an aligned state of knowing 
that who we are is so much more than just our fear and our anger and our emotional spaces that seek to cause us to get out of alignment. Yeah, I think there's something too, like in the last couple of weeks, especially for me, that being present has been a challenge sometimes <laughs> with everything going on. And I've, I've had to work at it really hard. And I know, I believe on the first episode of Kelly Shorts, <laughs> I said that. Yep. Like I talked about that, where I was having to really work at it and just feeling like I have all these tools in my toolbox, but none of them seem to be working. And it, it was just sort of admitting how difficult it was during that time with so much shifting with me and you and with our family and my children and everything. And I was saying to my son today about being present is to always remind yourself to be present because you can get so caught up in what's happening next. Yeah. You know, I get like that or what should happen next or you project into the future. And again, that's something that's outside of yourself and self-responsibility also means to me that being present and what does that mean? It means that I'm not thinking about what happened yesterday. And if I am thinking about what happened yesterday, why, (laughs) why am I thinking about that? Why is it still is, bugging yeah, is, me? Is, what have I there, not let go yeah, of? Is there something unresolved? Unresolved. Is, is there emotional energy that hasn't moved? Right. Right. Yeah. And I have a tendency to, to go too far ahead sometimes because I want to be there or somewhere. And I forget how far I've come. And it's important for me personally to be responsible to stay present. And that was a discussion I had with my son this morning as he was tired and going to school and I was tired and I thought yeah this is very common I think especially when you're tired mm-hmm. because you get up and then you go oh I got to do this again tomorrow and I got to do it the next day and I got to do it the next day and then you're projecting onto the future like what am I going to feel like on Friday yep. when it's only Tuesday yeah yeah I mean that's yep. a very simple example but we tend to do that I think with ourselves but not only that but relationships where we project yep. it where we should be or what we should be doing and I have or, very, or how things should look or, yeah, or be going ahead, you know. And then we will will our egos when they aren't um satisfied mm-hmm. or our shadows when they aren't being fed the right proper uh level of, of interaction or uh you know, when our programming isn't being fed, when our emotional defense mechanisms are being uh triggered and we're not thinking straight, you know, we'll push people away, uh, we'll not make space for yeah. communication, and, you know, all... <laughs> I had no one can see, but I'm raising my hand over here. <laughs> it's kind of like my my thing, where I, the, will, the... I, will, I will feel overwhelmed sometimes, mm. energetically or just emotionally, and push people away. And when you're talking about the ego, you know, it's been a few weeks since we've actually sat down and done a podcast. Yeah, it has, yeah. And... You know, that for me was my ego was not happy about that, that we hadn't sat down to do it. And it's just our schedules are different. Yep. And the timing of everything. Well, it's lo- logistics. And it's, it's logistics. Right now. And yep. so I have a, I, yeah, I, I still have a difficult time not pushing. I catch myself mm-hmm. a lot more now, but it's still something that I, I'm continually working on. You know, and, and that, that kind of pushing in terms of that kind of expectation for the future to be a certain way is a classic way that we get tricked into hijacking ourselves into that thought space, into that thought form of if I project outward, I can control my life. Right. If I push people to do certain things, I can control my life, I can control their life, and I can be safe emotionally. And and happy. And happy, right. But then you're not. Because I'm never happy. Like, (laughs) I'm never happy when I'm pushing someone else. Right. Like, I I don't mean that I'm never happy. I am happy and content. Like, that's not, you know. (laughs) But I'm not happy when when I feel like I have to push people. And... That comes from a program of feeling that that other people in, in the, my life previously didn't feel like 
things that were important to me were important to them. Like in relationships or yep. friendships where things I wanted to do, people right. would override them and be like, oh, but I'd rather do this instead. And then it became like, you know, this thing where for me, sometimes I was became, a kid, It became I think, a pattern. It became, became a pattern, pattern where, and that was partly because I wouldn't speak up either sometimes. Yep. And I would just assume that someone else should find something that if they loved me, this was yeah. my assumption. Yep. Was, and that's another podcast we're going to do is assumptions and expectations. <laughs> but the assumption that, well, if they love me, then they should fi- feel that what is important to me is important to them. But that's not always, that isn't or, always or, true. Or, and I don't think that's fair. always say the right thing or always know what's on your mind or always right. know what you want, why you want it and how you want yeah. it and when you want it. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And that's a classic yeah. thing. Yeah. It's not even about relationship. That's a classic passive aggressive thing that people do all the, all the time, time when they are not being honest with themselves about what they want and why they want it. And they aren't being honest with themselves that they actually don't know how to communicate. Right. And a lot of people will call themselves great communicators when they aren't. Yeah. I mean, because it took me, I mean, just because I like to talk. Didn't mean I was a good communicator. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, we've talked about that in another podcast where it took me a couple of years before I felt comfortable to bring up certain topics with you or certain yep. things that were important to me just because I I needed to feel comfortable, but that had nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. That was all me that I needed to feel comfortable and safe with myself. Yeah, I remember I remember some of those first conversations. <laughs> I'd be like, wait, how long have you been waiting to talk to me? It's like... How come? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm like, but yeah. hello, you know. And, but and but he, that's but yeah. that's but that's normal. Yeah. That is a, like yeah. a normal threshold of actual communication of understanding one's own conditioning mm-hmm. to deny your expression, right? Because you don't feel you're going to be accepted because you want to be accepted, yeah. but you don't want to say anything because you don't know how it's going to take. And when you actually encounter someone, like I've had this. Yeah. I've had this expressed in my direction <laughs> yeah. a few times where, yeah. you know, uh, one one friend of mine, you know, even told me that she didn't know until she met me that she could actually have a conversation with a guy without it being an argument. An argument, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it took me mm-hmm. a few years to sort of like really sort of like process that because that was such a foreign concept to me to actually need to argue all the time now i come from the irish you know part of my family's irish (laughs) yeah so So political (laughs) and i i grew up like hearing all all the arguments all the time and i hated it so i you know like when i was a kid like i think i was grade five whereas after a family dinner where i just like no i hate that i do not want to grow up having to argue with everybody left, right, and center. I don't believe that's the way. Like, because with my friends, I never, like, yeah. would, like I would talk through stuff. And, they, yeah, sometimes we'd have arguments, but they wouldn't be, like, angry arguments. Be like, oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do this. It's like, okay, well, we can't do that now because now we don't have any time. But blah, blah, blah. Right. Right, it's different. But when I was a young kid and also, you know, going to a French Catholic school and being on the receiving end of a lot of anger from some of the teachers, that just didn't make any sense to me. Like, there wasn't mm-hmm. any reason for it. And seen at right. a really young age, it's like how nonsensical, like, anger Argu- is. Arguing. And arguing. Yeah, arguing. And, you know, adults... Well, because arguing, you never get anywhere. No, no. Because basically what you're doing energetically, <laughs> as you're throwing things around. Throwing things around. <laughs> is energetically arguing, like, when you're angry and you want to argue, because you can feel when people want to argue, is you're just recycling it. Yep. Exactly, you're throwing, you're projecting exactly, exactly. and throwing your anger at someone, and you're trying to get them to be mad at you, yep. and then they get mad, and then they're throwing theirs back at you because they don't like what you're doing, and it just goes around and around and around. And I know in the last couple of years that I've, I've stepped out of that, because I, I know how easy it is for people to pull me into, because I've, I've had a temper, but I don't like my own temper. I've wanted to to understand that it's okay to be angry, but I've learned how to express being angry in a very different way, and also to deal with that angry emotion and energy in a very different way and to let it move rather than try yep. to catch people in it. Yep. And when other people have tried to like hook me into an argument... It's like when you sit there and you're calm and someone else is arguing with you, I've had all kinds of things thrown at me like, 
people say that I, I shut down or that I'm mm -hmm. whatever. And I'm like, no, actually, I'm just sitting here holding space for your anger. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, it's, it's very different when you're actually... And then actually, people don't get it. They're like, well, why aren't when, you when, fighting with me? I'm when like, you well, step, I don't want to fight with you. When you step out of the pattern of using anger and pain as the basis for your expression, and they no longer are your main mode of communication people who are still in those modes of communication of anger and judgment and pain as their identity and their motivation for saying things have a hard time understanding and this is one of the yeah. things that I, I really experienced and you know just a little caveat like i even though like at a young age i decided like i didn't want to have anger as my motivation for or or use it or or be angry in my expression I was still known for my temper as a, as a kid. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as a, as a teenager, also being, you know, very sensitive and aware and not believing some of the stuff that was going on around me and not having an avenue to express myself to, you know, because I'm a kid, right? Or I'm a teenager. Like, adults think that they are, you know, they know everything. Mm -hmm. You're just a, you know, you're just a kid. And I knew growing up that I knew stuff. And I understood stuff better than a fair number of the adults around me. Mm -hmm. So to go back to uh, stepping out of that pattern of using anger and pain as your identity of expression. Right. When you step out of those and you just talk directly to someone, they will get defensive. If they are not, if they have never experienced that before. Right. Because there's a difference between being direct. And I know in the last couple of years that... When I have expressed myself, because that was something else that I had encountered is that when I meet new people, my tendency is I can be very quiet. Yeah. I can have conversations with people, but I kind of let them yeah, get the and topic, that, and, that's, and, that's, that's and I talk about it, and that's what I do with you, <laughs> yeah. and I do that until I feel safe enough with people to express yep. what I feel is important to me, and sometimes then that's not always met with. Um, acceptance acceptance because people or thought understand. that i was a certain way and then they realized that i wasn't or that i didn't always agree with them i just wasn't comfortable enough to disagree and when i get comfortable enough to politely disagree yeah. it's caused friction because then this person has a new perception oh, yeah, of me yeah. but that's also they need to be responsible for how they're mm -hmm. triggered then because i have the right to be whoever I am today and yep. I can change and I can grow and that doesn't mean that I'm always going to be the same and I think that's why people get triggered is because when they have this impression of you and they don't allow you to change in their head yeah they or sometimes when they're, when they're so they don't want you to change in their yeah. head because that means they have to change their perception exactly. of maybe a lot of things maybe yep. of themselves that yep that's triggering for them and then i i've had to learn how to deal with that where and not to take that personally because yep. that's not my my responsibility their perception of me isn't my responsibility my perception exactly. of myself and being self-responsible for my actions my thoughts my behavior yep. you're only responsible for yourself right other people's inability to understand themselves and or the space that you're from is never your responsibility it's wonderful when you can actually have the conversation with people and they sort of like can listen and hear you mm -hmm. about how, you know, you've either changed or how they're not understanding what you're saying or they're not hearing. Mm -hmm. Is Yeah, it's always great when you can actually have that those kind of breakthroughs. Uh, but yeah. people who are stuck in their own uh, little fantasy world of projecting outward all the time and who are constantly in, you know, in fear mode and are you know, are dealing with a lot of anxiety, will have a harder time. And, you know, this is one of the things that I've learned over the years is that dealing with humans, <laughs> dealing with humans is always interesting. And, and it's always wonderful to find people who actually understand that concept of responsibility, of emotional, mental uh, responsibility for themselves. And they, un and they understand that they are responsible to themselves first. However, the trap there, the ego trap, is that when people sort of first begin to understand empowerment and self-responsibility for their emotions, they will push away people who trigger them. Yes, that's true. 
And the I know how hard it was for me when you trigger me emotionally yeah. that I had to sit with it. And yeah. I knew that you didn't mean anything yeah. by it because you weren't being abusive. You weren't being, but you were just malicious. Safe. Or just, you weren't or just, being, yeah, or just exactly. being direct and honest. Yeah. And, and, and direct and honest like that is hard for people, especially when you have a perception of yourself. Yeah. Right. And to change, because I think that's the hardest perception to change is of the one you have of yourself. Oh, sure. Because the ego and your shadow do not want you to look at yourself. They do not want you to understand your patterns or see your defense mechanisms that they use against you to keep their reality going. Like your ego's reality of judgment and separation from other people and keeping, you know, especially your shadow, which is like all of those emotional defense mechanisms, like our, our reptilian brain that, that keeps going in survival mode to keep us safe uses our ego to judge others so that we can control ourselves emotionally so that we can feel safe by having a sep by having a wall between us and other people mm -hmm. and that we use or in, until we become aware of that even if we are working on ourselves and our self-empowerment it is really hard to see how we push people away uh because they're triggering or because they represent something that you want but don't know how to talk about. Mm -hmm. They represent sort of, you know, uh, the kind of support maybe or the kind of uh, relationship or friendship or even doing things job-wise, you know, where we'll sabotage ourselves because we're not being responsible. We're not understanding the motivation between the self-doubt. And doubting other people is a very soft way that the ego and shadow hijack us from actually listening to our hearts and actually being responsible and seeing beyond our judgment and our patterns and our anger I mean, especially if something hasn't gone the way that you wanted it to in the past yeah right. and 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 you're still dealing with with this person in your life or work colleague or something like that there can be a lot of resentment that builds up Mm -hmm. And we're so used to, we're so conditioned to believe that anger and resentment are normal and are okay yeah, and are justified. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's okay to feel these things, but when you're not looking at the deeper motivation behind mm -hmm. the anger and the resentment in terms of the self-preservation of your limited belief system, your limited reality, the self-preservation of the ego and the shadow is one of the primary obstacles to actually being self-aware and self-responsible and responsible with our emotions and our feelings yeah hmm. lots of good stuff there <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's uh, i well i know personally too you and i both have had people who we've triggered who yep. will say to us well i don't feel safe to talk to you yeah but I always ask because I know it's a question that you and I have asked each other when we don't feel safe because yep. I've actually said that sometimes when I've had something yep. come up that I've wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. And you'll, you've said to me and I've said it to you too in the past is that, well, what part of you doesn't feel safe? Yeah. Because it's always your ego that it's doesn't feel safe. Yep. Your ego doesn't feel safe. It doesn't want you to express yourself it doesn't feel safe if someone has triggered you it wants to make something out of nothing sometimes and instead of sitting down and going wow what you said really triggered me i'm going to step back over here and and feel this out and process it and then i would still like to talk to you about it and that's yeah. something you and i have learned how to do <laughs> it took us a little while it but took yes. us a while yep. but it but it, it takes practice it, it takes take, practice it absolutely takes practice and i think and, it's, and people have to be willing to yes to put in you the have practice. to be willing to yep. put in the practice and that's something that because your ego doesn't want you to feel safe it feels safe doing the stuff all the old way exactly all and the comfortable way the, the yeah. yeah the comfort you know in your box you know with you with your same group of friends or not even the same group of friends but the same patterns projecting outward a fantasy projecting outward that life should be this way projecting outward that you need these things to be or that are. other people around me should act like this because yes. then i feel better yeah but it really has nothing to do with how other people are acting we're either going to interact or not interact with them based on how we actually 
feel based exactly. on our yep. being responsible for ourselves. Yep. If you're being responsible with yourself and your emotions yep. and your behaviors, then it really has little to do with other people. Some people will stay. Yep. Some people will come and go depending on everybody's growth and what they're doing. And some people leave eventually sometimes because you're not really working on the same things. You're not working towards the same things and that's okay. And I think our egos really get attached to the fact that people need to stay in our lives. I know it's something too I've dealt with and I've often felt sad that, you know, certain friends that I you know, thought were really good friends at one point in my life, but maybe they were okay in that, at that point in time. And it's okay for us to grow apart because we've just grown. It doesn't mean that one's bad and one, one isn't or whatever. It's just that we've grown and the energetic compatibility or what you needed each other for at that time is no longer there. And it's okay. And I think we don't, that's part of the flow of life is our ego doesn't like to let people come and go. And I know it's also something I've talked about with my kids, too, as they've dealt with situations at school or friends and bullies and things like that is that, you know, we don't have to. Sometimes our ego clings to this idea of a tribe. That's a Yeah, that's a good one. Right. That we need this tribe and our tribe should always be there and it should always be like this. It should always be the same people. But maybe it isn't be the same way. Yeah. Well, and, and there's also there's also the concept of. Yeah, like when people are are like some of the things that I've had projected at me is like even in, back in university, God, like twenty years ago, I was I was having people tell me that I scared them because I was so giving. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm. Tr- I was trying to remember um, who it was, but it was just like uh, you know, I was a young woman. Uh, I was a second year university. And we were we were gonna do a project together or something like that for one of our classes, and she ghosted me. Oh, and I was just like, okay, what's going on? And then this this was a pattern, you know. This is something that that had happened to me in high school, and it happened to me in, in grade school too, to a lesser extent. But it really sort of, you know, uh, this this one experience caused me to sort of just go, wow, people have a hard time being supported and it, and it was just, it was something very simple where i i just offered to sit down with her and go over uh, a book that we were doing in, in class like because she'd missed a few you know um classes uh okay. her, her yeah. i think one of her parents was sick or something like that anyhow uh details don't really matter but it's boiled down to the fact like once she started talking to me again, mm-hmm. she didn't, didn't even come to class again for like a couple of weeks. And everyone was like, oh, and it was just sort of, you know, a little odd. But I didn't really understand what was going on until a couple of weeks later where she actually like ran into me in the, in the hallways and she apologized. And she just sort of, I've had way too many people in my life who were giving the way that you were or wanting to be and then just like took advantage of of me or hurt me and i was just like oh wow oh okay oh. you know and understanding that you know for myself where i just you know this was sort of like the story of my uh my marriage that you know my divorce was me just wanting to support someone and believing in someone mm. and how you know i didn't understand up until that point that's sort of like one of the things where sometimes people have a really hard time being supported with direct authenticity mm-hmm. and genuine caring loving kindness because yes. they have been on the receiving end of so much and it's sort of a double-edged sword in terms of understanding being responsible because the more you understand being responsible for yourself emotionally mentally spiritually you know you're disciplining your awareness to break and deconstruct patterns the more you become aware of how fragile people's egos are and how hard it is for people to actually support themselves let alone accept support and true authentic loving kindness from other people yeah if they've been hurt in the past and they've never looked at it they've never been willing yeah yeah, that's my past relationships too where i just wanted to support someone but i had the i sort of had the 
issue of I want to rescue myself. So everybody jump on my train. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We're, 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 no, we'll all do this together. Right. But it often ended up being me that oh, was yeah. really doing a lot of the work. And then when I would give that support to people because I really wanted the support back. That was the thing. I thought that if the more I gave, the more I would get back. But I didn't. And that was a pattern for me where I had to go, okay, I need to stop letting people jump on my train because I'm not here to rescue everyone. I'm here to quote unquote save myself or to become learn how to be self-responsible. Yeah. Because I really wasn't. It was that I wanted a better life. I wanted different things. And because I could be a very happy, positive person. But then I would spiral down because oh, I would have so many people that are like, we want to jump on your train. And I'd let them jump on my train. And but then, then I'd they be the would only want one, you to do all the work. All the work. Yeah. And so that's something that I've had to unravel for me is that I am responsible for my own self. Yep. And whoever I'm in a relationship with, whether it's a friendship or it's family, that they are responsible for their feelings and emotions. And I am not responsible for those unless I have inadvertently done something and then maybe try to talk about it. Because I don't think generally that people walk around trying to hurt other people. Yeah. As a general, general kind of generally, rule, rule of thumb, there yeah. are people, yes, who do intentionally try to hurt people emotionally. Yep. Not denying that. But I think a lot of what people do is patterned conditioning. That they have been treated this way in the past. They've treated people like this. They have encountered this. Yeah. And they just pay it forward. Yes, exactly. And we and pay people, it forward believe, all the time without stopping ourselves and changing ourselves first. Yeah, people believe uh, more often than not that because they've been on the receiving end of abuse, be it physical, mental, emotional, or whatever... But that entitles them to take their anger out on other people. That their pain is their license to take out their anger and their frustrations out on other people. And when you encounter someone who does not let you do that to them, and this has been your pattern for such a long time, that your ego will tend to throw hissy fits and push them away. When this is, in fact, the person that you really do need in your life, because they really do support you, yeah, they really do understand, mm -hmm. and they can really love you from the space that you've always wanted someone to love you, and that they are actually conscious enough to be responsible enough with their emotional and mental spaces to be able to hold a space of real, authentic communication. And this is the thing that I've found that is the most threatening to people who are unconscious and to people who are in denial of their level of actual personal responsibility with themselves and their emotions and their behaviors. They don't want to know. So when they encounter someone who does know so you know enough about themselves, their defense mechanisms will kick in almost immediately. I mean, actually, I'm actually re remembering uh, another story, like back from university, one of the first girlfriends I ever had in university, where I realized after a couple dates where she just, she went back to her ex. Mm. And I, I was like really good friends with her best friend and her best friend's uh, 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 boyfriend at the time. And they were both absolutely aghast. And her <laughs> best friend was just like, I am so sorry. Like, I don't know what, she is thinking you are literally exactly like her, her best friend was like really pretty self-aware, which was really yeah. interesting to have a conversation. She's like, you know, and they, they'd known each other since childhood and she knew what this, this young woman had been through. And it was like, you are literally like the best thing that's ever happened to her. And she should really be like, you would be able to help her so much. I'm so sad that she went back to her ex because her, her ex is, you know, and this is where she started cursing. <laughs> I'm going, oh, okay, well, that's that's awesome to hear. And it's just like, and I I was just, you know, I just wanted her to be happy. Right. Right. And again, that's me, like where I just wanted to support the person. And yeah, I was sad because I was, I was having a really good time connecting with her and spending time with her. And then like now looking back, it's it's reminded me that, again, that is like, again, another experience where she had this 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 woman that I was dating had patterns that she was comfortable in 
and I was defying those patterns, but I didn't understand it at the time because I was like 20, 21. Mm-hmm. I just, I just knew that I, I believed in, in communication and, and actually like communication, real communication. Yeah. And like looking back now, I realized it was sort of like something where I was not feeding her ego patterns. I was actually being far more responsible mentally, emotionally, and far more present than she was used to or had ever experienced. So her ego didn't know what to do. So. Well, and people do that when they're very, when they've been hurt or they're, they're used to those patterns and someone comes along and challenges those and, and shows them, Hey, you can live differently. And then their egos not happy with that. Yeah. How dare you show me there's a different way to live. Exactly. How dare you show me that there's another perception that I can have of myself or that I need to look at this. First of all, yeah, like that take it, it really takes a lot of courage to be able to look at yourself and say, I want to change this. I don't like how I'm acting. I don't like who I am. This is not who I am. I know I went through that and it feels almost devastating. I know it did for me when I just realized and I think it started when like years ago. Oh, gosh, she's 23 now, my oldest. So barely 21 years ago ish mm-hmm. when I had a, a tumor and I didn't know what it was. And I thought, my, I, I'm not happy in my life. Mm-hmm. What can I change? And to look at it and go, well, I'm not happy, but I'm responsible for that happiness. Yep. You know, my, my children aren't responsible for that. My husband is not responsible for that. Right. Other people are not responsible for that. My work is not responsible for that. Yep. If I'm not happy at my job, then I'm just not a happy person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wasn't happy and I changed a lot at once. But it takes time and it takes practice. And it's also then when you change the people in your life, it challenges them. Yep. And some of them will stick to their guns and, and then you, you can encounter gaslighting. You can encounter a oh, lot yeah. of things, oh, right, yeah. Yeah. where you're changing and people don't want you to change because they like you the way you were Yep. because you changing yep. and being responsible means that you're shining a light on them, not on purpose because you're not blaming them, but you're showing them that there's a different way that we could do this different. And it's very challenging for people to do that. And not everyone can do it at the same pace and not everybody wants to. Yep. And that's the other thing is sometimes you just have to look at people and love them and say, you know what, you, you're comfortable being there. Okay. Yep. That, that brings to mind, um, when we're talking about responsibility and self-responsibility, understanding that judgment and anger and fear and anxiety are all projections. They cause yeah. us to project. They cause us, right. we are, when we are not being responsible they will cause us when we're not being present, when we're not being aligned with our heart and actually changing the way we think about stuff, anger and fear and anxiety will cause us to project outward onto other people. Yes. And sometimes other people will act out the information that we're projecting at them. Yes. And we'll, so that then on a soul level, we will actually cause a healing event where the people involved have a choice to either look at and heal the projection and the separation from responsibility or not. And it's really important to understand that thought form, emotional form, emotional spaces have a density, have energy to them, have a weight to them. We know this instinctively because when we are sad or we're angry, our body feels a certain way according to those emotions. And when we are not being responsible, we are not acknowledging what that impact actually is. And the most common action is for people to recycle that energy and instead of dealing with it, project it outward at other people. And this is one of the things that I learned through my marriage and through some of the relationships that I've had in my life, both work and otherwise, is that people have a really hard time accepting that their thoughts have weight, that the pain that they carry will affect other people around them, even if they aren't projecting it, but the pain that they carry in their energy field can affect 
people around them or people that they have a lot to do with mm -hmm. on a very subconscious level. And sometimes those people will act out that energy if the projection is strong enough and consistent enough. And especially if the pain is something that is still a raw, open wound and has never been looked at. So to sort of go into a little deeper level of, of awareness of self-responsibility, actually looking at, you know, to go beyond the concepts of just ego and shadow and digesting and mentally analyzing the concepts of ego and the effect of the ego and patterns, to actually look at the energetics of our thought forms, our emotional spaces, and the heaviness of shadow in our bodies, in our heads, you know, that constriction is like a lot of people will get headaches, a lot of people will get tension in their bodies. And this is a prime example or a flag on the play of when those projections, the anger and the fear is overtaking us. And when we are not being responsible with ourselves and actually looking at the origins of those feelings, instead of just going, oh, I'm angry about this, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, you know, because I'm angry, I'm going to do this and act it out. And, and not realizing that you have a choice. Exactly. You have a choice in what you're going to do with that. Exactly. And that's what self-responsibility is. That's right. Is what are you going to do with that pain? Exactly. Are you going to act it out? And continue to keep acting from that? Exactly. Or are you going to stop and... Transmute it. Transmute it and deal with it. Exactly. What and you, that could mean anything Yeah, what are you going to do? Are you going to continuously throw it out at other people and out into your environment and continually recreate the drama over and over and over again? Or are you going to stop yourself and heal it? You know, there, there's a lot... And that's the choice. And that's the choice. And that self-responsibility is that choice right there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, there, there are moments in my life in, in the last few years where I haven't understood why I would have certain thoughts that were very much not me. And then to suddenly find out uh, in a, you know, pivotal emotional event that my thoughts were actually the echo of someone's projection. That they were actually the impact of someone else's pain that I had been carrying without even realizing it. Where I knew the thoughts and that sort of space wasn't me. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea where it was coming from because the person it was actually coming from had never talked to me about it before. And then in that event where everything, you know, sort of imploded realizing how much pain I'd been on the receiving end of and how much that had actually affected my behavior. Yes, that's right. And yeah. without me realizing it in terms of being connected to this person's fear and anxiety and pain and how much of a, you know, understanding that all the energy that I've been putting into disciplining my, my thoughts and my, my emotional discipline to not go into those fear-based mm -hmm. spaces and judgment spaces, how much energy I'd been expending and how much pain that had been causing me without me even understanding like uh, yes. where, where the origin was, like not being yeah. able to find the origin and then suddenly realizing, oh, the reason why I can't find the origin in my thought patterns is because they're someone else's. They're someone else's. Yes, I know recently too, hearing that I had hurt someone like years and years ago, but right. this person had never told me that my actions had caused them this pain. Mm -hmm. And, but because I had relationship with them over the years, like off and on, like not seeing them all the time, but I always had this feeling like I needed to prove who I was to this person. That I kept kept needing to prove that I was a good person. And I didn't know why. I kept feeling like I needed to prove that I was a good person. Right, right, right. And yep. then all of a sudden finding out that what they really thought of me and that they that I had hurt them this way and I I was stunned. 
because I thought, well, all these years, and right. you didn't say anything. Right, right. So I didn't know I was on the receiving end of that, and that blew up a lot for me because I went, oh, I've been carrying a pain yeah. that I didn't know I was carrying, and I was trying to prove something to someone about myself without realizing why I kept yeah, feeling yeah, like right. I needed yeah. to do that. Yeah. But it was because this person wanted to had this idea of who I was, and they didn't want to change that idea. This is yep, who you yep. are to me. And they considered and that, that 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 was true. True. And it is true for them. I'm not going to take that away. And I do hope that we can move beyond that. Yep. And that maybe they'll see me differently. But I also am not responsible completely for healing that. I'm yep. responsible for acknowledging that at one point in time, my behavior hurt another person. Mm-hmm. And I do acknowledge mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And that made me really sad because that's not how I had seen the situation. Mm-hmm. But again, that was my perception versus someone else's perception. And so I can't heal another person's perception because I think that's another false idea of healing that we have is that if someone tells us we're sorry, an apology always helps. Yep. But I always find that apologies can be very hollow because it's changed behavior that actually works better but it's also learning how to let it go how to go i'm not that same person that i was 20 years ago this person is not the same as they were 20 years ago how about let's meet and and acknowledge that we're different people now like even though that happened a long time ago let's acknowledge that that happened but let's look at each other as different people and I think because we hold on to past pain, yeah. we act out of it without yeah. even knowing that we're exactly, acting out of exactly. it. Exactly. And that, that is, again, like one of the pivotal things about being responsible is accepting. I mean, people don't want to say, well, I'm a good person. I, I'd never do that. But people do. They, they ignore, they avoid actually looking at themselves and they have their own internal dialogue and they believe that just because people can't hear their thoughts and not being impacted, it doesn't matter. Does thoughts have energetic thoughts, weights, thoughts, thought thoughts have, forms? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, that's like, you know, yeah. thoughts are silent. It's like, you can't like, no, that's not true. It's like, yeah, go into a room with someone that you've known for 20 years and they're absolutely livid and, and enraged. You know, you, you know, feel it you without, feel it. even if they you have a smile it. on their face. That's right. You exactly. Can, you can feel, you can when feel it a mile somebody's away. angry. Especially if you know them. Exactly. Or you know, or, you know or, it. You know when the energy doesn't feel right. Or or yeah. absolutely, you know, in, in despair and sad, like, you know, uh one of one of my best friends, his dad passed away recently and I connected with him in, in chat and I could just feel the grief. Mm-hmm. Like even even just thinking about it right now it makes me want to cry because like a, a I love both of these people and I love this, you know, my best friend's dad was amazing to have in my life as a kid growing up. Just an absolutely beautiful experience as a kid. To have that kind of, you know, another home that I felt at home in and safe mm-hmm. in as a kid growing up. But, yeah, like, people don't want to accept, don't want to believe that thoughts and emotions can be felt outside of us. Because we feel them and we want to be safe with, with everything that we feel. We don't want to even begin to consider the impact in people around us. Because then that would mean, oh, my God, I'd actually have to be responsible with what I'm doing so I don't actually hurt people with yes, my with your my projections, your projections and throwing my emotional because, yeah because i know around. when i when i you know in this particular situation back then i was not responsible with my emotions whatsoever yeah. i'd get triggered and blah like everyone around me would like feel it and know it and that was just the the place i was in my life i'm not I am not that person anymore. I also can't prove to people that I'm like that unless they wish to experience me that way. Yeah, exactly. Because if they've experienced if want, me 20, yeah. 30 years ago, I'm not the same person. Well, so, even, even a year ago, like uh, like six well, months ago, yeah. right? I mean, when you're actually doing your work, like when six, month, work, six months sure. can be six years emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's super, it can get the, the time, time means nothing to when you're actually doing real healing work and healing your emotional spaces and your fragmentation of your mind and disciplining your awareness so that you are aligned and you are stable and you are solid inside and you aren't projecting and you aren't throwing your emotional energy around your thought forms around it's totally different when you're actually doing your work 
Because, yeah, six months can be six years or almost feel like 60 years. Well, like this past weekend, it was we were talking. It's like, was, oh, that, yeah. was that last weekend like, we wait, just no, did that... something that felt like a really long time And then ago. it's like, oh, wait, no, that was yesterday. Oh, my yeah. God. It felt like it was a week ago. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, again, like this is this is the big issue that I actually have with a lot of the new age or the spiritual thought leaders out there is that like oh garbage garbage truck I think or I don't know we've got something out there or, or some maybe that's like our cue to like end we've got yeah. like people doing your work outside yeah. the window because yeah. this has been a really great uh, discussion mm-hmm. and. Giving people lots of food for thought, maybe we'll have to like. We, we you should know. we should do a podcast on on th- thought forms as physical weight. Let's do it. We should do that. All right. Thanks everybody for joining us today. Yeah, appreciate y'all being here. Talk to you soon. To learn more about the Qigong and Bagua classes we offer, as well as our other services, please visit legendarylivingarts.ca. For our other online store, you can visit collectivecreations.ca, K-E-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E, creations.ca. We have writing courses up for sale and other products will be available soon. Thank you for joining us today on The Open Door. We enjoyed our discussion and hope you did too. Until next time, we are Kelly and Kelly.